0: Well, seeing it is uh, a little bit past quarter past 11, um, it'll be good to start. Um, Great to see you all. Uh, It's good to be here. Um, I have uh, a few announcements. Um, Every month we um, have a box at the back where we're supporting different uh, Christian missions. And for the month of January, uh, we're going to be supporting the essential work that the Missionary Aviation Fellowship do. So basically they fly planes to places that nowhere else will go in order to deliver essential things and support particularly uh, missionaries who without them would perhaps be spending days to get food or to get the things that they need um, as well as Medical Emergencies, which is a lot of their work. So a good course, do support it if you can. Um, as it's the start of the new year, it's a good time to remind you um, that there's an opportunity to meet together with a, a, a group of five to ten people from the church in home groups. Um, lots of you I know are part of it. Um, If you'd like to be part of it, then uh, please do have a word with me or one of the other elders, and we'd love to have you in one of the groups. And the third thing is, if you're uh, a Christian, if you're part of the church family here, if you've been baptised, a reminder that um, we have our communion service um, this afternoon, and so do join us or speak to us about joining us there if you can. Now I've heard a story and the story is relevant to today in the sense that John's going to be teaching us from an event that is truly shocking and awesome and wonderful at the same time. The story I heard was of some uh, gold diggers. The gold diggers were working making their fortunes um, on the side of a mountain. Unfortunately, they didn't realise that the mountain was a volcano. There were some rumblings. And the more cautious ones decided that they'd got enough money, they were fleeing for the hills. There were more rumblings and the earth started to shake still more people left but the really greedy ones the really ones who really wanted to prosper stayed and stayed and stayed until the volcano blew and the story goes you can find their gold underneath the landfall from the volcano they left it too late and I think you'll see how that leaks into what the Egyptians were up to in the passage we're looking in the Bible. So we're looking forward to that, but before we uh, do that, we're going to be singing some songs, reading the Bible and praying together. And our first song is, "O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Let's stand and sing as the music starts."
1: Here, God's word. We're reading from Exodus chapter 12. It's entitled the, uh, the Passover. A really important event in the lives of the Israelite people and uh, God is here telling Moses and Aaron what they must do and then what uh, God was going to do. So Exodus chapter 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this, this month, shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell all the congregation of Israel that on the the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb, according to their father's houses, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for a lamb, then he and his nearest neighbour shall take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat, you shall make your count for the lamb. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats, and you shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, when the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill their lambs at twilight. Then they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and the lintel of the houses, in which they eat it. They shall eat the flesh that night, roasted on the fire, with unleavened bread and bitter herbs, they shall eat it. Do not eat any of it raw, or boiled in water, but roasted, its head with its legs, and its inner parts. And you shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. In this manner you shall eat it, with your belt fastened, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And no plague will be you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So read God's word.
0: Let's pray. Oh, Lord, our God, as we come to you this morning, we are glad to see the sunshine. We are glad that we worship the God who made heaven and earth and everything that is beautiful. And, Lord, we pray that our hearts will be moved, that you will open our eyes. Oh, Lord, you know how our minds get so crammed up with what we're doing. We spend so much time immersed in the busyness of life. And we tend to think of ourselves as more important than we should. We tend to think it's all about what we do and what we are. And we neglect to look up and see what you've made and we forget to hear you speaking to us oh Lord we pray that you'll speak to us today we pray that we will have a sense that the great creator God is speaking to us maybe for the first time open our eyes we pray Lord, we ask that you will help John as he speaks from your word. We pray that you will help him to speak clearly and we ask that you will help us to listen and we pray that what we hear won't just be something that goes in and out of our heads. Oh Lord, we thank you that your word is like food and we pray, Lord, that your food will make us strong. And, Lord, we, we need strength. Oh, Lord, you know what each one of us is facing. Lord, all of us have burdens that, that we're, we're carrying. And some of the burdens we carry, we we don't even tell anyone about. But we're glad you know, and we pray that you will help us each to talk to you about those those deep burdens, to cast those heavy burdens on you. Oh Lord, we thank you that you are a God who lifts people up. We thank you that you tell us to ask and it will be given to us. Lord, I pray that those who are facing medical worries we'll know your peace. We'll know that you're close. We'll know in a fresh way that you love them and that you're in control. Oh Lord, we pray that you will calm the minds of those who are suffering mentally. Oh Lord, you know how many of us struggle in different ways and to different degrees. Oh Lord, we pray especially for Philip. We ask, Lord, that you will give him peace and that you will give him a good measure of recovery. And, Lord, there are so many others. We pray for Hillary too. Oh Lord, we pray that you'll be with her and that she will know joy and peace in believing. And, Lord, as we don't know everyone's needs, and we can't remember them all, even if we did know. We're glad that you do. And we pray that you will bless. Oh Lord, we, we pray that you will be with those of us who are going back after the Christmas break to work or school or college. And Lord, you know how hard it is to be enthused. You know how the pressure for some of us can feel quite a lot and for others of us the excitement of achieving goals can become too big a thing. Oh Lord, we pray that if we belong to you that the biggest thing in our lives will not be The mark we get on an appraisal or the grades we get in an exam or the amount of money we make or the places we've been and seen but that we know you more that we love you more and we know your love for us more oh lord we thank you that you're a great god and we thank you that what you give lasts forever and we thank you that you give so generously we thank you that you gave jesus And we're ashamed that the reason you gave Jesus was because we'd turned against you. We'd gone our own way. We'd done things that, and we do things that you hate, and we know are wrong, but we do them anyway. So Jesus had to die to pay the price for our sin. Lord, we pray that you'll turn us from that And we pray that we will love you more and rejoice in you more for your great love for us. Oh Lord, we thank you that your word and your message and your good news goes out to so many people in so many different ways. We pray you'll take what's been taught already in Thrive and Rooted and that that will be used to really help and bless the children and young people. We pray that you'll help um, Martin as he's away at Belvedere Church teaching there. Lord, you know that he's got much more to do there than he expected. And we pray that you will take what he does, what he says, and that you will use that. And we pray that you will do the same with us. We pray that you will take what John has to say, that you will use it, and you will bless us. We're going to sing again and then after that, if the children would like to come at the front, we've got the children's talk. So when the music starts, let's sing,
2: Abide With Me.
3: come down done. well so I'm doing the children's talk today and uh, what I want to think about is colours is colours so colours make, make life quite interesting don't they really you've got lots of different colours you think of perhaps the Christmas lights you had on your tree maybe there's lots of different colours uh, you think of the flowers in the spring perhaps in your garden you think of painting or doing art at school and all the different colours that you can mix together you think of the clothes you've got perhaps in your wardrobe lots of different colours maybe you've got a favourite colour who's got a favourite colour if you think of colours what would be your favourite dark blue that's quite specific dark blue what would yours be light blue so blue is anyone like a different color from blue yeah sorry lilac and your favorite is olive green. olive green so very thoughtful people here but do you know that um you can you can tell the bible message in colors you can tell the bible message in colors and i want to just tell you quickly the whole of the bible message just by showing you some colours now some of the ones who are older here might have heard something along these lines before so I've added a colour this time to keep them on their toes it's going to be slightly different but you can summarise the Bible's message Tell me the colours as they come up and we'll try and think through the Bible message what colour is that? blue that's a favourite colour of some of you blue and blue can remind us of the things that God has made in the beginning God created the heaven and the earth and when we think of the heavens or skies or space on a nice day like this, what colour is it? Well, it's blue and if you were to look down on the earth what would be the, the main colour you'd see? Blue because of all the sea so it reminds us that God made everything and that God made us from blue to another one None of you had this as your colour. Black. Black. And black reminds us of the things we've done wrong. It reminds us of sin. The Bible talks about sin as walking in the way of darkness and uh, of dirty sort of clothes being like our lives. So we have done wrong, the Bible says. And so we're black. And it needed God to do something about it to help us because we couldn't do anything. So we come to our third colour, which is red. Now, what, what is it that's red? What is it, what is it that's in your bodies which is red? Blood, that's right. And that's what we're thinking of here. But we're not thinking of our blood We're thinking of the blood of Jesus, which is what God has made as the way for people to be forgiven. It says, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleans us from all sin. So Jesus came and died to deal with that problem. That's the third colour. What does it lead to? White. White. One person in the Bible prayed, wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. You can't get whiter than that, can you? And that's what happens when we trust in Jesus for forgiveness and turn to God. All the dirt, all the blackness goes and we're totally clean. We're made right with God and forgiven. Fifth colour. green what's green the colour of green is the colour of part of the earth and especially the earth where things are growing because green is about growing and about life so your garden is green and fields are green and forests are green because they're alive and they're growing and when we trust in Jesus that should be what happens in our life Jesus came that we might have life Jesus came that we might grow in grace and in him. So, that's what happens to people who are forgiven. They grow. Got one colour left. This is quite a nice colour, I think. None of you chose it. Special colour. Gold. Gold. What does gold make us think of? It makes us think of different things. In the Bible... Gold is sometimes the colour of heaven or glory or where people are going. It says even the streets of the city are pure gold. That's the wonderful place that those who trust in Jesus are heading to. So, we've got the whole Bible message in six colours. God made us. Don't forget that. We have done wrong. We need God to help and he has sent his son to die to help us through him we can be forgiven when we're forgiven we have new life and we should grow and as christians we know that the end of our lives we're heading to a place of glory the bible story in six colors maybe at lunchtime over lunch maybe your parents might ask you what were the six colors and what do they mean i hope it helps you to remember Okay, thank you. You can head back. Thank you.
0: So we're going to uh, carry on with our Bible reading. Uh, We're coming back to Exodus chapter 12. Um, And we then uh, come from God telling Moses what's going to happen to the uh, next, next stage where Moses tells the leader of the people of Israel what's going to happen. So we're starting reading at verse 21. Moses called all the elders of Israel and said to them, Go and select lambs for yourselves according to your clans and kill the Passover lamb. Take a bunch of hyssop and dip it in the blood that is in the basin and touch the lintel and the two doorposts with the blood that is in the basin. None of you shall go out of the door of the house until the morning for the Lord will pass through to strike the Egyptians you shall say it's a sacrifice of the Lord's Passover for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians but spared our houses and the people bowed their heads and worshipped then we move on to verse 29 when it happens the event which is disaster for some or safety for others happened at midnight the Lord struck down all the firstborn in the land of Egypt from the firstborn of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn of the captive who was in the dungeon and all the firstborn of the livestock. And Pharaoh rose up in the night, he and all his servants and all the Egyptians. And there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Then he summoned Moses and Aaron by night and said, up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, and go and serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said, and be gone, and bless me also. The Egyptians were urgent with the people to send them out of the land in haste. For they said, we will all be dead. So the people took their dough before it was leavened, their kneading bowls being bound up in their cloaks on their shoulders. The people of Israel had also done as Moses told them. For they had asked the Egyptians for silver and gold jewellery and for clothing and the Lord had given the people favour in the sight of the Egyptians so they they let them have what they had asked thus they plundered the Egyptians and the people of Israel journeyed from Ramesses to Sukkot about 600,000 men on foot besides women and children a mixed multitude also went up with them and very much livestock both flocks and herds and they baked unleavened cakes of dough that they had brought out of Egypt for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves the time that the people of Israel lived in Egypt was 430 years at the end of 430 years on that very day all the hosts of the Lord went out from the land of Egypt it was a night of watching by the Lord to bring them out of the land of Egypt. So this same night is the night of watching, kept to the Lord by all the people of Israel throughout their generations. Well, Joel's going to be teaching us from that in a moment, uh, but before that, let's stand and sing. Sing a prayer to God, just as I am, without one plea.
3: Well it's good to be meeting together on the, the first day of the year um, and you may think well since it's the first Sunday of the year why are we back in Exodus? Um, couldn't you do something a bit different for the first Sunday of the year? We thought we'd have a New Year message Well, perhaps we still will. Notice how it starts in Exodus 12. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. We're at, this morning, one of the most important chapters in the entire Bible. And what it pictures has great significance to human history and to our lives. We're going to look at much of the action that happens this week and then other parts of the ongoing reflection of it we're going to connect and combine as Mark preaches next week with things also from chapter 13. But chapter 12, Three things um, I would like you to notice. We're going to spend a bit longer on the middle one. And the first is this, a new beginning. A new beginning. So last year when I was gauging where we might get to in Exodus, I was actually quite excited at the thought that we were likely to get here in the new year. It's as if the calendar is reset in our chapter. This is now a new year, if you like. They're beginning again from this point. The future starts here, is the way it is introduced. The way in which we count time has quite a a bearing on a lot of things, doesn't it? We're going into, or we started now into 20. 24, and it will have a, it will affect a lot of things. It will affect virtually all your computer files, and they'll have a, a 24 on the, the date linked to them. Um, your, your, your meeting dates, the notes that you take, the appointments, when you sign anything. 2024 will affect what's happening. We'll have the 24 Olympics. We'll have probably the 24 election. School leavers and graduates will be the class of 24. It shapes, it influences the whole of the year. And here is a new beginning for the people of Israel. So they've been under tremendous oppression and cruelty for decades, in fact for centuries the Egyptian king, Pharaoh, would not listen to God. God had sent nine extreme events, as we called them, or plagues, to warn the people that they should listen to God and that they should let the people of Israel go free to serve and worship. And they'd still not let them go. And you think, would God's promise of their freedom ever be fulfilled? And then we get to 12 verses 1 and 2. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, this month shall be for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. It was the time for a new beginning future centuries would point back to this event as a decisive point for the people of Israel. It would be a time that would never be forgotten, a new beginning for the Israelites. But the events in this chapter also point forward to something else, something that can and should affect our lives it points really to becoming a christian and the events that make somebody a christian that are at the heart of being a christian when somebody becomes a christian things become new there is a new beginning 2 corinthians 5 puts it like this in verse 17 Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. So, you and I are in a new year and you're getting into the habit of typing or writing 24 and sometimes, like me, you probably forget and already this week you've slipped her through few 23s in but we'll get used to it and we are in a new year and a new year brings hopes and it brings change and it brings freshness but it would be even better it would be even better if, if at the start of this new year it was a time of new beginning with God a time of new beginning with God. Does that appeal to you? A reset in your whole pattern of life, in the direction of your life, a reset, a restart, a refresh? When you come to know Jesus as Saviour, when you begin life as a Christian, it is a time of new beginning and here we have a new beginning well how does it all happen what's behind this reset this reset of the calendar the the restarting of of life and time for these people well it starts in an unusual way, a dramatic way it starts particularly with a slaughtered lamb a slaughtered lamb what does God say they should do as the calendar is being reset. Well, they should get a lamb, a baby sheep or a young goat and um, each household should get one. And if uh, there aren't enough of them in the, in the household then they can share with other households. And not any old lamb would do. It had to be, it had to be a male lamb It had to be a year old in its prime, and it had to be free of any defects. See how much it emphasizes this lamb. Verse 3. Tell all the congregation of Israel, on the tenth day of this month, every man shall take a lamb according to their father's houses. A lamb a household and if the household is too small for a lamb then he and his nearest neighbour should take according to the number of persons, according to what each can eat you shall make your count for the lamb, your lamb shall be without blemish a male a year old, you may take it from the sheep or from the goats and they were to keep the lamb for, for four days as a family and then what were they to do they were to kill the lamb they were to kill the lamb all of them had to kill their lambs and they, they had to do it at the same time they had to do it at, at twilight late afternoon, early evening and they, they did that for two reasons they did that for two reasons They did it as as food for a meal that the lamb would become a meal they would have roast lamb well m- many of us perhaps have roast lamb or something similar we 're spared the involvement these days unless you 're a especially outbound person and you 're into shooting and and killing and, and uh, Defeathering and cooking, most of us are, are glad that that's dealt with by the supermarkets or the butchers or the abattoirs or whatever, we don't see that happen but they had to kill the lamb and it was to be for them for food and it was going to be a special meal there would be some herbs which were rather special to the situation there would be some special bread, which wasn't quite as normal. It would be a fast meal. It was sort of fast food, if you like. Uh, some meals are long, drawn-out processes. Others are, are quick, had quickly. Uh, some people eat very slowly, don't they? In your families, you're waiting for them to finish up their meal. Others just scoff the down. This was going to be a quick meal. It had to be a quick meal. And they had to be dressed in rather unusual attire, for the meal perhaps we hear a bit more about some of these things last week but the lamb wasn't just about a meal it wasn't just about roast lamb for the evening the second reason they had to kill it was to use the blood to use the blood they had to take the blood from the the dead lamb and they had to to use um, some special plant hyssop which was involved with purifying and they had to sort of paint or sponge if you like the, the blood of the lamb on their doorpost of their house their house wasn't decorated with a a holly wreath or Christmas lights or artificial snow it was decorated with the blood of the Lamb on the doorpost. Hidden, clear, sorry, not hidden, plain, clear, not hidden, so that it could be seen from outside. You think, well, what's this in aid of? you remember we've had nine plagues so far, if you've been following through? Well, the, the tenth and the worst was on its way. God told Moses in the, the previous chapter that it was going to happen, Pharaoh and the Egyptians had not listened to God and they'd not heeded the warning of the last nine events that they'd gone through and so the the tenth and the worst judgment of all was coming to Egypt. In every house in the land, the oldest son, the oldest son would die that night. It's a dreadful thing, dreadful thing. Sin and rejecting God does lead to some dreadful consequences, you know. And it, it was unimaginably sad, desperately sad. There was so much anguish in so many houses. There was so much grief and, and mourning. There was just so much upset and devastation. It's horrific it's hard to imagine we don't want to imagine it. The wages of sin is death, says the bible, and that is what is happening here. It was a judgment on Egypt, its people and on their so-called gods in which they put their trust but What of those who had sacrificed a lamb and had uh, painted or daubed, sponged their doorposts red? What would happen in those houses? Verses 12 and 13 are very key. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night and I will strike all the firstborn of the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and on all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and no plague will befall you to to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Halloween, if you don't want people... uh, frightening you with a a visit in their costumes, well perhaps you turn the porch light off, the hall lights off, maybe you put one of these don't knock signs and you certainly don't have a pumpkin outside and then when they come along, they see, they ignore they go on to the next place here in Egypt the the grief the, the judgment is spared as they see the Lamb's blood. The Lord sees the lamb's blood on the the doorposts. In war-torn areas, um, certain people should be protected. If you had a, a big sort of press vest on because you're a, a member of one of the broadcasting corporations or if you're a medic and you've got maybe a red cross or a red crescent or whatever uh, organization you're from then then the fire may affect other people but you should be spared the fire coming in your direction because of the marks that you've got on you and so here the red stains on the doors on the wooden posts leads to safety and relief and being spared. The lamb died as a substitute for the oldest child, the oldest son. It was either someone in the house dying or the lamb dying instead. The event and the meal would be called the Passover, verse 27. It is the sacrifice of the Lord's Passover, for he passed over the houses of the people of Israel in Egypt when he struck the Egyptians, but spared our houses. Well, it was a dramatic story, a gory story terrible story and yet in some ways a wonderful story a a protection story but what's that got to do with us no lessons about home decoration here, a much bigger picture in view the Passover points to Jesus the Passover points to Jesus he died on the cross in Passover season he died late afternoon he lived a a pure life with no defect he took the penalty of death on himself he died he received judgment instead of others so that they could go free this was God's great plan of love to spare those who have done wrong. When John the Baptist is on the scene, one of the things he says when he sees Jesus is this, look, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Peter in his letter puts it like this, 1 Peter 1, 19 we're redeemed with the precious blood of Christ like that of a lamb without blemish or without spot the Bible makes clear that we deserve God's judgment we too have resisted him disobeyed him rebelled against him we've left, lived self-orientated selfish lives we've harmed others as a result but there is a way to be spared the judgment we deserve, the Bible says. Jesus went to the cross to die instead of others. It's not the red blood on the doorposts which saves us. It is the blood on the cross which God has provided so that we can be free, spared and knowing that we don't face God's judgment. Some of the big words that are used to describe this are things like propitiation, the anger instead being taken out on Jesus rather than us, or penal substitution, Jesus taking the penalty instead of us. So let me tell you this morning, that is your hope for protection It's what Jesus has done. That is why it pictures something which affects the world's history and should affect our lives. It's saying what God's plan is for people to be safe, to be relieved, to be spared. Now, they had to, they had to uh, obey what they were asked to do, didn't they? It was no good hearing what Moses said and saying, well, well, I can't be bothered with all this land business, you know. And, you know, it'll all turn out all right, I expect. You know, we're, we're not going to join in this land business. We can just leave the up to one side. I'm going to keep the doorposts as they are. Thank you very much. No, they had to, by faith, obey God's plan. They had to sort of take the blood for themselves and, if you like, apply it or put it on their own homes to show and so do we. we ne- there needs to be a personal response here. We need to, we need to take for what Jesus has done and say, if you like, that's mine, I, I need that. I need to be protected by him and his love and what he has done. I put my trust in what God has done through his son, Jesus. And when we do that and we trust and we confess, the Bible says, as we said in the children's talk, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleans from all sin. Well, can can I encourage you to do that if you haven't already? To place your trust in Jesus, to come under that protection of what God has provided. If you're tempted to say, I can't be bothered, it's not my scene, it's not what I want to do, can I say, The stakes are too high here. God has made a way. You need to put your trust in his way. You need to confess. You need to call out. You need to trust in Jesus. That's what happens in the new beginning. There is trust in Jesus. And what a thing that would be for us if it hasn't happened already. And if it has, what a reminder this morning of the safety we have and how indebted we are to Jesus who came and died on the cross for us. So they were spared because of the slaughtered lamb. What next? Thirdly, you have a great escape. You have a great escape. Now, night times are usually times of uh, quietness, aren't they? Times where nothing much happens. Um, last Sunday was uh, New Year's Eve, uh, maybe, maybe it was a bit different, maybe some of you were up at midnight, uh, the YPs were, were down here, I guess things were happening at midnight, we were a bit too worn out, we were thinking about staying up until midnight, but we fell asleep about quarter to twelve and we didn't hear any, we didn't hear the YPs and there was no fireworks at this end of town that moved us. Night times are usually times of inactivity and quiet but that's not what happened here. At midnight, the tenth plague moved through the land as God had told Moses. With anguish, Pharaoh is up in the middle of the night and his staff with him, verse 30, and Pharaoh rose up in the night he and all his servants and all the Egyptians and there was a great cry in Egypt for there was not a house where someone was not dead. Moses and Aaron are called for in the early hours and Pharaoh now has a command for them. At last it is an instruction, if you like, of good news. He, He wants them to go. He wants them even to take their livestock He seems to be a humbled fellow to some degree at last. He even wants them to pray for him. Verse 31, he summons Moses and Aaron by night and said, Up, go out from among my people, both you and the people of Israel, go and serve the Lord as you have said. Take your flocks and your herds as you have said and be gone and bless me also. Well, the Israelites, they said they had to stay in their houses till morning, but I guess it was pretty soon after the sun started to rise and shine that the Egyptians are actually urging the Israelites to leave and to be gone. Hurry, get on your way, we can't stand anymore. Go, the lot of you, just be gone. And even more than just letting them go, they're actually paying them to go. They're paying them to go. They're giving them jewels and they're giving them clothing so the people of Israel have some resources to form a community and they have things which will help as they build a travelling place of worship in years to come and there's not just a few of them there's not just one or two households that, that decide to uproot and head out of Egypt hundreds of thousands of people leave Egypt some of the Egyptians actually join them they go with some food, they have if you like some packed lunches not as well cooked as usual, it all happens so quickly, verse 39 and they baked unleavened cakes of the dough that they had brought out of Egypt for it was not leavened because they were thrust out of Egypt and could not wait nor had they prepared any provisions for themselves it had been 430 years and they were free free at last as we've called this morning's title that night was a special night it was called the night of watching by the Lord as his, his, his concern for his people resulted in their freedom so this is why this book is called Exodus we speak of a max Exodus that when people leave a country because of a desperate situation and here in fulfilment of God's promise they escape the clutches of Egypt they're free free to serve God it's the new beginning it's the start of something new and you know that's what Jesus' death also achieves for believers those who trust in Jesus have a new freedom they're free from condemnation they're free from trying to earn salvation by their own miserable efforts. They're free from the addiction and controlling, dominating power of sin and selfishness. They're free from being ensnared by the fear of death which no longer holds them because Jesus has been raised and they too have a future after death. a great escape and they're free have you ever experienced freedom through Jesus Jesus said if the son of man shall make you free you will be free indeed praise God if you've experienced that freedom head to Jesus if you haven't experienced that freedom so we start the new year what a wonderful thing if it's a true new beginning for us. Knowing safety through Jesus who died on the cross instead of us and knowing new freedom in our lives because of what he's done. We're going to sing the last song and uh, I've noticed as we've been singing this morning that the, the freedom note has come out in three of the songs uh, and this is one of them but it starts very aptly for what we've been thinking of this morning and as it takes us through in its words what Jesus has done on the cross, remind us of Jesus as our substitute through God's love, man of sorrows lamb of God by his own betrayed mm.